Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. When we get married, when we're single, it means I make my own decisions, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully under God's authority, but financially, personally, schedule, priorities, all those kind of things that make me own decisions. When you get married, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You you can't you you can't be an independent, selfish person mm-hmm. in a relationship, in a marriage, without having a very frustrated spouse. And so the word mine in marriage has to become the word ours. Welcome to the Marriage Day Podcast. We are Jimmy and Karen Evans. And this podcast exists to help every couple succeed in marriage. Karen, welcome to the podcast today. Good to be here. We're talking about the worst word in marriage. And uh, and this this is actually the worst word in marriage. And a lot of people would think the worst word is divorce or whatever. The worst word in marriage is the word mine. Uh, selfishness destroys marriage, and marriage is brutal on selfish people. Now, now I know that through personal experience is that I was extremely selfish when we got married. So when we almost divorced, um, I was very dominant, very selfish. Dominance is selfishness because you don't care about the other person's opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you bully people and I bullied you and whatever. Or, or you'll say, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we almost divorced and um, I prayed a prayer. Uh, I read one morning in the Bible and I was a jerk as a husband, but I mean, I read my Bible and we went to church and stuff, but I read where Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll lead you into all truth. Mm-hmm. And so one morning I prayed that the Holy Spirit would teach me how to be a husband. Well, when you pray that prayer, and by the way, the Holy Spirit can teach you anything. Mm-hmm. There's nothing he can't teach. He's omniscient and he loves it. He loves to help us. So I prayed that prayer that morning and immediately the Lord, the Lord told me to turn in my Bible to Genesis 2 and I turned there. And verses 24 and 25, for this cause a man will leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they they shall become one. And the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. Well, those are the four laws of marriage. And I have the book Marriage on the Rock and also Four Laws of Love, and it goes into detail on all those. But the, but the, the laws of marriage, one of the laws of marriage is the law of partnership where it says they two shall become one flesh. Mm-hmm. Well, when we get married, when we're single— it means I make my own decisions, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully under God's authority, but financially, personally, schedule, priorities, all those kind of things that make my own decisions. When you get married, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You you can't you you can't be an independent, selfish person mm-hmm. in a relationship, in a marriage, without having a very frustrated spouse. And so the word mine in marriage has to become the word ours. No, even like in a blended family situation, they may not be my biological children, but if they're going to be in this marriage, we have to share these children. We have to share decisions related to our children. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that you and I learn to do the hard way is to agree on everything, mm-hmm. is to sit down and agree on everything. The other, the other thing about selfishness, Karen, is the mantra of selfishness is if I'm okay, we're okay. 
And if I don't need it, we don't need it. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's not about you and what your needs are. It's all mm-hmm. about me. Mm-hmm. And so you, you've never been, uh, I'm not saying you've ever done anything selfish. I'm just saying you're not a selfish person. But I was a very, very selfish person. And I can just say, you'll never be happy as a selfish person. Just it, it cannot be satisfied. The only way selfishness can be satisfied is when the world worships you and gives you everything they want, <laughs> everything you want. And I can just tell you, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So the only way you can be satisfied is to be selfless and to serve your spouse. I agree. You know, I don't know why this came to me when you're saying all that, but I was thinking about women. You know, I might not have been selfish, but I battled with thoughts, you know, thoughts of, what you were doing and how you were treating me and why were you acting this way? And I would meditate on those thoughts. And it's almost like that's a selfish thing too, is like, if you know, if you're so, um, you're, you're allowing your thoughts to be so controlled by another person's behavior because it messes with you. You know, it's like, it becomes about you. You know, it becomes about you and how this is affecting you instead of, Trusting God, and, and you know, I, I love the scripture. It says, "Give your thoughts to God. Give your thoughts to Jesus, because, and let him take those thoughts captive, so that you can obey what God would say, what His Word would say, not your feelings, not how you're being treated, you know. And you know, even if you are married to somebody selfish, you know, how you're behaving, are you letting that control you? Are you letting that, you know, be an, uh, a time where you could give an example of something different, you know? Um, you know, do, do the opposite. You know, we always say, you know, don't repay evil for evil, but do good, for, you know, against evil. And so, like, if you're in a situation where, you know, one of you is selfish, you know, do the opposite. You know, I know that one of the things that helped you so much is no matter how bad you are, you are treating me horribly. And the, the, somebody in a Bible study had told me, go home and treat him, you know, in a good way and see what happens. And I did. I went home and I started serving you and I didn't well, talk back to you. The, and- the shift in our marriage came because, see, when you wanted to fight with me, I was more than happy to do that. Mm-hmm. And it justified my behavior. And I could never out-talk you. No. And uh, when you you would be sassy with me and stuff, and I just, you know, I'd, I'd let you have it. And to me, it just proved I was right and you were wrong. Well, you one day prayed and you told the Lord, I'm not going to try to t- change Jimmy anymore. I want, I just want you to change me. Mm-hmm. And you started treating me better, mm-hmm. a lot better. Uh, before, before we treated each other, both treated each other based on a merit system. If you deserve it, I'll give it to you. If you don't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you deserve something bad, I'm going to give you something bad. Well, then it's called redemptive love. First Peter two tells us that Jesus loved us when we were still in sin and he left an example for us to follow. Interestingly, as soon as uh, that is said, it says, wives, be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be one without a word, as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. Husbands, live with your wives with understanding as with a weaker vessel. She's a fellow heir of the grace of life. So it talks about redemptive love, and redemptive love means doing the right thing when your spouse is doing the wrong thing the way that we, I love Jesus because he died for me on the cross. He didn't have to. I deserve death and hell. If he didn't give me what I deserve, it'd be death and hell. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. First Peter 2 tells us that Jesus died for us uh, preemptively and he left us an example to follow. It's interesting. The specific example he uses is marriage. Mm-hmm. Well, the way that I changed was because of you. It was your prayers and it was your 
um, you're treating me better than I deserve. I remember one day we had a kind of a little spat. This is when we lived in Canyon. We had a little spat uh, in the living room one day, and you walked out. You know, you just kind of stomped out. And I just thought, well, you know, we're going to be fighting here for a while. And you came in and put lunch, you know, hand me like a tray with lunch on it and kissed me on the cheek and told me you loved me and walked out. And I just thought, well, it was unusual, you know, because that never happened before. <laughs> but you started doing that all the time. And what I totally agree with, Karen, is selfishness digs the hole. It's the self-sacrifice, the selflessness that gets us out of the hole. Mm -hmm. The ladder out of the hole. They say the law of the hole is get rid of the shovel. Mm -hmm. You know, stop digging. The shovel is selfishness. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you, through your selflessness, set an example for me, and that's what caused me to change. That, it cha that's changed our... Without your prayers and without that, we would have been, we would be divorced. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Well, and I agree. I think that, you know, I wanted to change. You know, it wasn't just that, you know, I was miserable because you were we were fighting all the time. I wanted to change. I didn't like, you know, some of the things that were happening and the words that were being said. And I was tired. I was weary. And, and I do remember, you know, asking the Lord, okay, change me. Because if this keeps happening, because in my mind— if it kept happening, there was something wrong with me. And so, because yeah. that's just how I always yeah. thought. And so if if he's not changing and he's going to keep acting this way, maybe it's because there's something wrong with me. Yeah. And I, that's why I went to the Lord and asked him. I said, you know, and I was, I cried my eyes out. I cried my eyes out all the time, all the time. I probably, in the, I have more jars of tears in heaven than anybody. And so and so I would be crying, and I was just like, okay, just change me, God, because I can't live like this anymore. And I was shocked at how just reading the Word of God and t spending time with God, how He literally changed me. And, you know— I, Well, you, you, you were transformed. Yeah, I really was. I mean, it's, it is true that Scripture says you're renewed and transformed by the Holy Spirit and His Word. Of, and His Word. And um, But it, you were working, too, on it, though. You were— you were trying to make changes too, and you did. Well, but the the point that I hope everyone is hearing in this is, you can pray for your spouse, mm -hmm. you can communicate with your spouse, but you can't change them. Mm -hmm. And the more you try, the more difficult your marriage is going to be. The example that you made was is that you were very unselfish in the sense that you asked God to change you and not me, mm -hmm. and you began to love me. You begin to treat me a lot better than I deserve. The um, in marriage, mm -hmm. you know, I, I today am a good husband. You're a good wife. Mm -hmm. 
But I wake up in the morning. You know, we've been married 50 years. We we know the gig when we wake up, you know. <laughs> I love serving you. I mean, I, I love serving you. I, I'm I'm not a selfish person. I used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wrote that book, um, From Pain to Paradise. If anyone's, if you're interested or any wives out there and your husband, you know, is very difficult, you need to buy Karen's book, From Pain to Paradise, because it tells the story of the early years of our marriage. You, I, I thought you had forgotten all that stuff. You didn't forget anything. <laughs> uh, I play the role of the devil in that book. <laughs> but you, you talk about the first few years of our marriage and, and how to deal with, you know, a difficult husband, which you did. And, and our, our story has a happy ending. But today, when I read that, when you, when you wrote that book, you asked me to read it before it went to print. Um, and I read it and I, and I, what I thought was, I remember him, but that's not me. Mm-hmm. And I want to give hope to anyone who's in a marriage, maybe with a very selfish man or a selfish woman or whatever. There's a way out and the way out is prayer. And the way out is to be, be an example Mm-hmm. Of, of of what you want your spouse to be. You treat them the way you want to be treated and pray. And you say, well, if I treat them that way, they're just going to take advantage of me. But you have to do that and pray. You have mm-hmm. to pray that God will uh, touch their heart. Because First Peter 2 and 3 is the promise. And that is the way that Jesus reached us was not through threats and intimidation. It was through love mm-hmm. and sacrificial behavior. And, and it says specifically, wives do that. When your husband's being a knucklehead, do that. Husbands, when your wife is, is being bad, you you do this. Treat her with understanding mm-hmm. as with a weaker vessel. And so we're a living testimony of the fact that any marriage can be saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a living testimony of the fact that any man can change. Mm-hmm. Because if I can change, anyone can do it. But I had a wife that prayed and one that was a good example to me and loved me more than I deserved. And that's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says we're supposed to do. Well, we hope that this, uh, you have anything else? You want no, to say? it's yeah. great, honey. Well, we th- thank you today for tuning into the Marriage Day podcast. We'll see you here next time. God bless you. Bye. Hey, this is Brent Evans with Exo Marriage. And I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, hey, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out exomarriage.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, articles, and live events.